Good evening. Welcome to the Elite Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Vondon, along with my co-host, Chad Patterson. Hello. How are you? What's going on, Chad? Nothing much. Uh, we apologize for the lack of pods in the last couple weeks. Um, we had technical difficulties a couple weeks ago, then we were all busy at the same time. Life gets in the way, you know? Adulting is pretty tough, I'll give you that. Right now I'm in the middle of a beautiful UHC Studios located in Midtown Manhattan, actually potting from from a uh, conference room. So it's a, it's a nice little ambiance I got. Where, where are you potting from, Chad? Uh, I'm potting from my bedroom. Um, now, is your conference room still called a focus room? It is, in fact, called... It, this one's actually a huddle room, but we do have focus rooms. Um, UHC is trying to take the Google strategy of making their office super futuristic and, and pretty homosexual when it comes down to it. Oh, wow. Um, but this one is actually called a huddle room. Well, very fitting that you're in a huddle room when we're talking about fantasy football. It's it's pretty perfect. It's almost like I planned it. Yeah. Uh, you will notice that uh, Addison is, is not with us today. Um like I said, the level of handsomeness, as you would describe it, has dropped significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do my best to pick up the slack, but it's not easy. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to carry the the pod with handsomeness by, all by myself. Um, I know. I'm, I'm sorry, man. You put the team on your back. It's it's what can I say? Yeah, if you could just you know, just just be a little bit handsome and you kind of help me share the load here, that would be great. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do everything that I can. I can't promise much. Okay, great. I mean, I'm also very jealous of him because he's at the. Going to be at the wild card game tonight between the Yankees and. It's um, not going to be a bad time. Athletics, it's going to be a great time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous as well. It should be fun. But let's talk some football. I'm, I'm very, very much into that. Um, so you want to start with some news and notes? It's, uh, exciting. We're already at week five. It's flying. I, I love it. Nated at the same time that this, this year is flying by. It sucks to be honest with you. It does, but you know what? You know what that means? We're just getting a day closer to draft time. That's really all that matters in my mind. That's true. There's always um, something to look forward to. It, it really is. But let's start with some news and notes. Uh, we'll start with QB, um, and we'll kind of cruise through this. First thing we have on the list is, is Jameis versus Fitz. Um, I mean, Jameis came in at the end of the last game, not necessarily struggled because that's kind of Jameis' style. He's just going to he's gonna run and gun it. He's going to throw the ball into questionable situations sometimes. He's going to hit it. Sometimes he's not. I think he ended with a touchdown and two interceptions. At the end of the game, in, in Fitz relief, um, in a non-winnable game, they kind of got dominated by Chicago. I think it was forty-nine to ten or forty-nine seven. It was, it was not good. Yeah, um, for fact, the Bucks after such a hot start. Um, but who who do you start moving forward? Do you give Fitz another chance after the bye? I know they already announced Jameis, but if you're the coach, what are you doing here? And do they have any dynasty value either side? Yeah, in fact, they got beat so bad that Dirk Cotter came out and said that everyone on the, the field should be fired. So that's how you know. That you got beat pretty bad, but I think the answer here is pretty easy for me. I, I'm taking Jameis Winston. You know, he's the first round guy. He's the guy that's been your franchise quarterback for the last few years, and I think everyone kind of knew in the back of their minds that yeah, while Fitzpatrick got out to a great, great start, that it was unsustainable. Uh, Fitzpatrick is a, is a backup quarterback for a reason. He's bounced around to many teams for a reason. And I think they're just going to ride with, you know, their investment of Jameis Winston. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I'm obviously thrilled with this news. Jameis has been my guy for quite some time now. Um, been on my team pretty much since he was drafted in the league. Traded from him from Ridge pretty early on. And he's been there ever since. So I'm, I'm very excited to actually have him back. Um, so not this week, but for week six coming after the bye. So hopefully he can uh, 
kind of improved from last year because he, he started off streaky last year, then kind of picked it up a little bit at the end. But I'm, I'm hoping he can really kind of kind of pick it up moving forward because I obviously love James. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't really want either of them starting for my fantasy team um, unless they have a really, really good matchup against maybe like the Chiefs or, you know, someone with a weak secondary. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm taking uh, Jameis. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, so, rookie takeover as well. Um, kind of been the highlight all over ESPN. They're loving it all the first round. Rookie picks, for the most part, outside of Lamar Jackson for quarterback, are starting. Um, some with more success than others. Uh, so, you got Baker Mayfield. You got Josh Rosen. You got Josh Allen. Um, you have um, Sam Darnold. So all four of them are, are in starting positions right now. And like I said, varied success. Who are you choosing and and why? And what are you investing in Dynasty? I, I know you're in a position and I'm in a position where we technically don't need a quarterback right now. But if you are a quarterback needy team, what are you willing to invest in one of these guys and who is your guy? Yeah, I don't know. I think at this point in the game, it's kind of just who you like the best because we haven't seen enough sample size of all these guys. Um, for me, it's a really tough call. Um I would probably lean somewhere between um, Rosen and Darnold. Uh, do you agree on that? Um, so I, I'm leaning Rosen as my number one, and then I think just bias number two, I'm going Baker. Baker. Yeah, I mean, he has looked pretty good. He had a few turnovers uh, last week. Um, but like I said, it, it's just tough to make that call being so early in the season. And some of these guys with, you know, Baker only has two games under his belt. So, um, But I do, I do like all of their potential going forward. Even Josh Allen? Even Josh Allen. You know, he had a really good game against Minnesota. I mean, he had a little bit of a, you know, obvious regression last game, but, you know, who knows? You know, it's just too early to tell for me. He's definitely last on the list for me, just based on coming out of a small school and, you know, only being known to be able to throw the ball 400 yards um in one throw but yeah no i, I think I, i'm between rose and, and donald for me okay okay um so yeah i'm, I'm gonna go like i said rosen and baker um uh, think it's somewhat biased but i mean like i said baker has shown flashes so i'm not i'm not too concerned with with my pick there uh so moving on to wide receiver um not as much news on the wide receiver front that i'm really thinking of but marquez valdez scantling or really the Packers' third wide, second and third wide receiver has obviously always been an important fantasy position. They're always picked up, they're relied on, and they put up numbers. Right now, with Allison and Cobb out, it looks like next man up is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Are you excited about his outlook? I know Rich has him right now. Is, is he someone you're targeting? Do you think he's actually going to succeed? Or do you think they should really sprinkle in more of Jamon Moore and EQ St. Brown and see what some of those guys can do? Yeah, I don't know. It's I, I don't know... Uh, admittedly know a whole lot about this guy. I know that he had a pretty good preseason, and I know that he's definitely stashable in uh, in deep formats. Um, but anything can happen with these rookie receivers. Like, look what happened with Kiki QT last week. So, you know, not to say that he's going to come out and have that kind of game, but it all depends on usage and volume, and I don't know if he's necessarily going to get that. So, you know, at this stage in the game, I'm not actively looking to buy him. If he were to come out hot, then, you know, maybe Ridge has an opportunity to sell high, or maybe he even holds because he likes his potential. What do you think? If Ridge were to come out and offer you a third-round pick, uh, sorry, uh, Scantling for a third, do you do it? A mid-third? Right now? Yeah, right now. Probably not. 
Really? Yeah. I think I would take that. I think I would take a mid-third right now just on the, the pure upside alone. You don't know how long Allison and Cobb are going to be out. Yeah, I mean, to each their own. Um, I just haven't seen anything from him to to make it, to move the needle for me. So. No, that's fair. That's very fair. And like you said, Dynasty is, is kind of that game of question marks. So take your risks where you want, hold where you want. Sometimes, like I said, I think, what, what was your famous quote? It's not, sometimes you just got to hold. Yeah, sometimes you just got to hold. That was for you. That was... It was not famous. It was specifically tailored for you when you would never hold players. And I think I've gotten much better with that, to be honest with you. You have. You, you've gotten pretty good with that. And so I'm, I'm very excited in this, this next stage of, of my dynasty career. Um, but next moment on the list, Robbie Anderson not going to be suspended. Roger Goodell is just all over the place with this. Right. I think you need some consistency. What are your thoughts? I honestly thought he was going to be suspended. I think no suspension is ridiculous. Do you think it's ridiculous? Are you fine with this? What are, what are your thoughts there? I think it's ridiculous how Goodell and that whole organization prioritizes penalties for crimes. I, I, I think it's it's absurd that someone can beat his wife and only get one game, but if you smoke weed, you're out for four games. So I, I think that that whole thing is very unjust. Um, that being said, Robbie Anderson was, what, arrested twice? Twice. How do you not get... If if I'm at a place of work and I get arrested twice, I'm not keeping that job. If you get arrested once, you're not keeping the job. Exactly. So it's like, it, it, it's a messed up situation to me. I mean, all that aside, if we're talking about Robbie Anderson in, in fantasy, what a regression he had from last year. He came I know. out he super high. He went for first last year. He was so high. Yeah, and you know, Enudma's broken out this year and has become Donald's favorite target. So I saw Robbie Anderson is is getting barely any targets, and he's he only has a couple of catches his last few games. So uh, I'm avoiding Robbie Anderson basically. It's it's Le tried to trade uh, me Robbie Anderson today. He tried to offer me Robbie Anderson for Seckler's second and nineteen. I'm like. A, you know, and B, that might be pick 15 or 16. It just goes to show, like, how values fluctuate so much. Where you could have sold him so high last year, probably for a first. It's, it's following a similar trend to cryptocurrency, would you say? Um, I would say, yeah, you should have sold last December. <laughs> I, w- I wish I did. <laughs> but I'm in it for the long run. Um, so moving on to the running backs. Probably the the most high profile running back right now that we're seeing, obviously, continue a holdout is Le'Veon Bell. But the rumors are, and not confirmed by Mike Tomlin because he claims that he has had no communication with Le'Veon, is that he may be back for Week Seven. And I think that's specifically targeted at the Browns because the Browns have notoriously been horrific against the run. They've gotten a little bit better this year, but in the past they have been awful. It's almost a guaranteed. Streamer, you start a running back that's going against the Browns because they're going to have 100 yards in a TD. So I think that's his play, and that he's hoping he can start Week 7, torch the Browns for like 200 yards and four TDs, and then claim that he's back. Look what he could have been doing the entire time. Um, I think that's the play. I'm hoping, I mean, for my own fantasy sake, that that's not the case and he gets traded just because of James Conner. But what are your thoughts as the Steelers fan? I mean, I obviously love him coming back. I don't love him, his diva attitude, if you want to call it that. Um, do I think he deserves to get paid? Yes. Do I think he's handling it wrong? Yes. 
Um, but obviously, as a Steeler fan, I want the guy back. He, he's arguably the best running back in the league when he's when he's playing. Um, fantasy wise, it's weird that you know before the news came out that he could be back week seven, you had a little bit of a of a buy low kind of window there. I mean, I know we're talking about a high caliber player in, in Le'Veon Bell, but there was a small amount of time there where. You know, I even sent out a couple trades for him to Rodgers. Obviously, he didn't respond. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he was a guy that some people were down on because of his holdout. So now that this news came out, I think he's back to being obviously what his value was before. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's huge for, for Rodgers, him coming back um, for the home stretch of the fantasy um, regular season. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I like I said, I hate to say it. I do think it is the smart move by Le'Veon because look at the, what the Steelers are doing to Connor. They're just pounding the rock on him. So I think with Le'Veon, he's trying to save his body for another contract, another year. It's probably the smart move, although like you hate to see it. Um, I can't really defend it because I mean, I don't know what I. I mean, I would like to think I would play in that scenario, but you never know. You really don't. Uh, so moving on to a, a mess of a backfield, the the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, everyone came in thinking Rashard Penny is the guy. Um, he was drafted in the first round. Then Chris Carson completely dominates him in the preseason, starts the year out. And now it's just a muddled mess. Mike Davis comes in and dominates for over 100 yards in a TD. Are you, are you steering clear of this? Is there a specific guy that you're looking for? Like maybe even you're going to move on to C.J. Bunsice is up next. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on this backfield? And, uh, and are you targeting anybody or are you avoiding completely? Yeah, I really want no part of this backfield. If I got the right offer for Chris Carson, I'd, I would think about it. But is Rashard Penny the, the biggest bust ever? Is it safe to call him a bust? I mean, he's getting out. He's getting outplayed by Mike Davis. He was a first-round pick. And he's not getting any snaps with Chris Carson out? Isn't that weird to you? So my issue is I'm, I'm a little bit biased, but I loved Mike Davis in South Carolina. I remember there was talks of, like, I, I was going to take him at that point when I had pick five at, like, pick five. I loved him coming out. He's a bowling ball back, extremely strong stiff arm. Like, I absolutely love Mike Davis. If you're bored, look at Mike Davis' stiff arm videos. It's fantastic. Um, so it's not as surprising to me because I've liked his talent a lot. I just thought he's kind of been buried. Um I'm going to go it's too early just for the sole reason of what I saw Trey Mason do. I think Penny maybe picks it up a little bit. I still want no part of him. I'm not actively seeking him. Um, But I'm not not ready to call him a bust yet. Yeah, I mean, that's probably fair, but I think it's definitely safe to say that he's trending towards that way. Oh, absolutely. I I I can't knock that. He's actually been playing. It's not even like he's Rofag. He's just actually been on the field and not really producing. It's just crazy to me that they, they spent their first-round pick on this this coveted running back, and he's done nothing. He's getting out-carried by the backup to the backup. So it's definitely a reason for concern. I, I, I agree with you there. Um, so more concern um, out of the Riggio and trainer camp. Both Dalvin Cook still missing time and Leonard Fournette, which is, is extremely frustrating because when both of these guys play, you expect – high upside running back one numbers and neither of them have been healthy enough to give you that return and the issue is now do you start them do you not start them you kind of have to start them from the pure upside alone but if they're going to keep doing this like are you you at all concerned do you think they figure it out or do you think it's just kind of another wash year where they're just kind of 
injuries the rest of the way out. No, I think it's definitely a concern. I mean, Fournette had these question marks coming out of college. Um, everyone, everyone labeled him as injury prone. He's definitely living up to that um, standard. Um, when he is healthy, though, you know, he's one of the best running backs in the game. Same with Delvin Cook. Um, but, you know, all of these injuries, um, you know, they're injuries, too, that linger. So even if they get healthy and come back, the odds of them re-hurting the same thing are, are, aren't great, are, 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 like, not not great. You know what I mean? So, I, mean, I agree. I, I think the bigger issue is I was about to ask, um, is this a buy lin- low window for both of them? And then I realized who their owners are. I honestly think if Fournette died, Ridge would still ask for like multiple firsts. <laughs> no, I think you're right though. I think it is a buy low window, even though you're. I mean, you're right. Those owners will not would not sell them. No, money. no, no, no. They they could literally retire and pass away, and they would still multiple firsts would be asked. Yeah. But so what are you gonna do? I mean, I mean uh, that being now, said, now to a trending up asset. We got Nick Chubb, my boy, Duch's boy. I wanted Had, like oh. four carries, and everything was like a 30, 40 yard gain. He was unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to go back to Fournette and Cook real quick. Yeah, um, absolutely. What What are your values on like a Yeldon or a Latavius Murray at this point? I mean, I have both of them, so I'm in a good spot. Um, I I actively sought out both of these guys to start the season, just strictly because of this, the possible injury concern. I obviously, I luck, I luckily hit on both of them right now. Um, Latavius has looked horrific, so that one hasn't really played out. Yeldon has looked good. Mm-hmm. He's put up 20 points uh, once. He's put up like 15, 18. He's been consistently putting up numbers. Definitely. So Yeldon right now is, is a great hold for me, and he's a free agent next year. So I'm definitely much higher on Yeldon. Um, realistically, I think I can honestly request, obviously I don't know if I'll get it, but a, a low-end first for it if a team's contending and wants to make a push. Mm-hmm. Latavius Murray looks like absolute garbage, so I don't know if I'll get anything for him at this point. I think Yeldon is going to torch the Chiefs this week. I agree. I'm so excited to start him. Yeah, I think he's definitely at least a flex player this week for sure. Probably an RB two. Do you do you give me a late first? Do you give me pick fourteen for Yeldon right now if you're a contender? Um, probably not because he's just strictly, um, you know, a handcuff basically. But and I think that that first round picks. Well, actually, maybe I do. That's a tough call. It's a really That's tough what I'm call. Saying. And like I said, you don't know if Fournette's how many games he's going to play the rest of the season. He consistently gets hurt. Yeldon's looked great, and fourteen consistently is it's not true. a guaranteed hit. It's true. So you know what I mean? I I think I'd be fifty fifty. I don't know if I if I'm actually in position to make a playoff. I don't know what I do. Yeah, I'm having pick bias right now. It's hard to break out of it, but yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's tough. It's but hard. Yeah, it's hard to like give said, up a every, first. As soon as you hear it, the first initial thing is like, "Ew, that's gross." Yeah. But then you think about it, you're like, "That's actually not that bad of a deal." It's hard to give up a first for a handcuff, but you know. I no, I agree. I agree with you. I absolutely agree. If you need a running back and you're contending, it might be worth it. Like I said, that's probably going to be the cheapest one you're going to find too. Yeah. But we'll see. Like I said, Nick Chubb erupting kind of off the gate, so it's paid off for Dooch. I'm excited to see him get touches. Do you think that he, if everything remains healthy, uh, Carlos Hyde doesn't get hurt? Do you think he starts to kind of cut to that workload 50-50, or you think more Hyde dominates like 75-25? I think you do. I mean, it's hard to not give him carries when he's carrying three times for over 100 yards, breaking off huge runs. Um, you know, Nick Chubb was, was coveted coming out of college, and he's a guy that they drafted to hopefully be their lead back. And, yeah. you know, Hyde's on a rental deal. So I think, why not? Why not 
you know, cut into Hyde's workload and give Chubb some run for sure. Yep, I absolutely agree, and I, I love everything about that. Um, and lastly, I unfortunately hate to say it, I was extremely high on Peyton Barber coming in. He looked great in the preseason, and then during the regular season, has just been utterly pathetic. There's been no way around it. I might, I might actually cut him. Like it's very reasonable he, for me to he's cut him for like a streaming tight end. Yeah, like he's true. Been, he's been very bad. He's true. It's um, you know, it does suck to, to suck to see because you know I think everyone in the world was down on Ronald Jones, um, and no one wanted him to succeed. But I mean, good for him, just getting that job or slowly getting that job by default because the other running backs are just hot yeah. Garbage. And like you said, we'll we'll see if he does anything with it. I st- I still don't even think he's going to. But I mean, more power to to fam. Uh, I'll admit when I'm wrong. I I was wrong. Ben Barber looks terrific. I hope I'm not wrong on Rofag being a terrible player, but I mean we'll see. Time will tell. Are you bu- are you buying Row? Are you still avoiding at all costs? No, I'm still avoiding. Yeah, same here. I want no part of it. Even if it's like a fourth or a fifth, I don't even think I'm doing it. I, I want no part. Although me, 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 Greg, and Itzler were actually talking about it the other day when we were negotiating the trade that we'll go over later. There was like six starters drafted in the fifth round this year. It's like Allison, Buck, Allen. Um, Oh god! Now that obviously they're all blanking out, but like literally six starters were drafted in the fifth round. Wow! Like a super deep draft. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you look at it that way, I guess it kind of was. Right? Like this is actually a huge draft. I, I wish I could pull it up. Actually, maybe I, uh, I'll pull it up in front of me now. But an extremely deep draft where you you joke around like fifths are absolutely nothing, but in this case they were like legitimate starting players, and I, I think it's uh it's cool to see. Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up right now just to. All right, so the fifth, um, you got Darnold, Keelan Cole, maybe the pick of the draft there. Absolutely. Rivers, Buck Allen. Rivers, too, Buck is Allen. a possible QB1. Rivers, Buck Allen, Allison, Baker. Albert Wilson's getting some carries or some uh, Abs- targets, absolutely. too. Absolutely. Stacked, stacked fifth round. Josh Maddock Adams. <laughs> And maybe actually a good play. You don't know. I mean, cause Clement's out. The Jai's always hurt. Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Goes to like show. I, said, I don't know if I get. I don't know if I give a fifth for him in this draft. For who? For uh, Rofek. Oh. You want to give a fifth for Ronald Jones? I don't know. I think you got to give a fifth for Ronald Jones. I mean, I'm, su- I'm obviously super bitter. So, but what are you gonna do? Uh, moving on to tight end, um, we'll go quickly through this. Um, Eifert, just a real sad story for Isler. Eifert was finally starting to play. He was being healthy. He was on the field. Was, like I said, the most important thing. And it looks like his foot came clean off. That was just a disturbing injury. Mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly, I want to say that Eifert's probably done. I, I don't know if you, you come back from an injury like that after an injury played career. Mm-hmm. Are you going to look at, at Uzoma? I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Or Croft? Or just not even gonna gonna try with it. Yeah, so it, it sucks about Eifert. It really does. Um, you know, it was kind of the same feeling with Zach Miller last year when he almost lost yeah, his was, leg. Yeah, that was horrible. I know. Um, but you know, these guys. I I almost used a waiver on Croft because last year when I forgot hurt, Croft had like seven touchdowns or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but this this U- Uzuma guy. It not nah, that makes it tough now to to want to be high on Croft because you know they're both kind of getting targets and and, and opportunity so you don't really know who to take. I want to see them play a week just to kind of see where we're at with them. 
Um, but if I'm pick, if I have to pick up a tight end right now, um, I'm taking Croft out of the two. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. He was actually kind of like decently touted coming out of Rutgers. Uh, but yeah, I agree with Croft. Um, I mean, he's on the he's on the waiver wire right now. I, I don't need to give anything for him. I just mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to cut anybody for him. Right. And then lastly, Gronk. You think he's going to play or no? I don't. Yeah, I think he holds out too. I, I, well, not holds out, but you know what I mean. I, th- I think they keep him out of this game. Um, too short of a week. Don't want to risk it. Obviously, they're looking long term as opposed to short term. Right. I agree with you. And then, uh, Chad, I'll let you take this last one, um, the final position we're going to go over. Yeah, we're going over a kicker here. Um, you know, Greg Zerline hurt his, I think it was his groin. They had Sam Ficken, didn't get the job done. Uh, it was a mistake to sign anyone but this man, Cairo Santos, the the GOAT, the Brazilian wonder, my boy, Cairo, Nick. I'll give you a first for him, straight up. Hit me up. Um, Chad, you mean Cairo Elite fill-in for Zerline Santos? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I didn't read what you had here. Cairo Elite. That's a weird middle name. Cairo Elite fill-in for Zerline Santos. It's very I mean, fitting. Yeah, I mean, that's it's got to be uh, his ethnicity. I don't know why a parent would name him that, but it's on his birth certificate. I'm just so happy he's back. I wish he still played for the Chiefs, though. That team would be you so good. jersey? I tried to find it on AliExpress, and they didn't have it, so I'm doubting that they're going to have it on DHgate. But that's very fair. I think he went to like Tulane. If I got a Cairo Santos Tulane jersey, that'd be elite. I mean, that would be unbelievable. You get him and Matt Forte. <laughs> Love it. Um, so moving on, we'll uh, continue that list. We finally have a trade, Chad. We finally did it. It's been—I I don't even know how many days. Good job, way boys. Too long. Good job, and boys. We have a decently sized trade. This one's a little confusing. I, I'm still trying to interpret it. Okay. So I'll, I'll read it off since I was involved. So we're going to just read who everyone got. I can break down who everything gave up after, but just to, to kind of give you a heads up of who everyone got. So I was receiving Marcus Mariota, Ryan Grant, and Duchess 2021st. Greg received Matt Breida. Hitzler received Dion Lewis. Added Chaz 2019 fifth round picks and Greg Muller's 2023rd round pick. Um, so a lot of moving pieces here. Based on what everyone got, Chad, uh, unbiased party, who do you think won the trade? Was there any disgusting loser, or do you think it's pretty even all around? I think it's pretty even all around, and just looking at it, I like it for you a lot. To get a first out of that and get to get you know, a QB1 and Ryan Grant, a guy that is going to get opportunity with T.Y. Hilton injured this year and missing games, so... I'm liking it for you. Yeah, I was I was very happy with it. Like I said, I do think it's fair because Breed, Breedy even has a good matchup versus the. I don't. Oh, it's it's a team that's wide open. I think he's got actually a really good matchup this weekend. I'm, I'm blanking out on it now, uh, but Greg obviously needs running back depth. He's trying to make a push to win it all. So I mean, at this point, if he gives up those pieces and he actually makes a run at the title, it's completely worth it. We know that. Um, but I, I don't think Itzler lost out either. He gave. Duchess 2021st and got Deion Lewis two fifths and a third. I mean, for a team that's also kind of in the hunt, needs running back depth, it's probably not a bad move either. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think this, this trade is pretty fair. What, what did Greg give up again for Brietta? Um, so Greg gave up Mariota, Ryan Grant, and um, and he gave up his 2023rd. Yeah, I think that's even fair too. Yeah. 
I, I agree with you there too. And like I said, you don't know Breida's long term value. I like to think it's good. I I think it he'll will be kind of that Tevin Coleman, uh, maybe not as high upside as Tevin Coleman, but I think he still has flex value even next year if Jarrett comes back. Yeah. Um, but like I said, you never know. So Greg's taking a risk. He wants to win now. I think it's a win for everyone involved. Yeah, I mean Breida's a little banged up. I think he's playing the Cardinals, if I remember correctly. Yes, there it is. There it is. Yes. But you know when he when he gets the ball in open space he he's really good in open space so I mean I had him last year I regret cutting him so he was even getting goal line carries yeah he's, he's getting the opportunities but what do you have what do you have value so everyone keep trading don't uh, overvalue your players just trade what value just would take, just trade what value would Breda have if McKinnon didn't get hurt a lot less than he does now right. Um, I mean, realistically, I when when Jarek was involved, I bought him for a second and a third. I obviously think I overpaid. I think a second probably should have gotten done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not upset that I made the trade. Obviously, like I said, I, you never know what's going to happen. I'd rather get the guy who's going to play, and it worked out in my favor. I've been I've been lucky with these, so I'm very happy. Yeah, yeah, fair trade all around. I think. Hell yeah. Uh, so moving on to bets, um, I just want to say, just straight up call it, it's Ridley is the god, and he's better than Ertz. Um, any other thoughts on that, chat before we move on? I just want to say that I'm salty that I passed on Ridley. The whole like week up leading up to the draft, Ridley was my guy. I was watching his tape, I was getting pumped about him, I was, reading, I was watching his interviews, I was doing all the prep on Ridley, I wanted him, he was my guy, and then... Rob took Sutton, and then I thought to myself, how can I not take DJ Moore right here? He was the first wide receiver taken, and, you know, I didn't go with my gut. And so I feel salty about it, but congrats to you for taking a guy that has six touchdowns through four weeks. He does, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. I'll give you that. It's nice when a pick hits, isn't it? It does, it does. Like I said, you go with the route running. I love it. I love everything about it, so I'm very, very happy. Um, so now let's go into a recap of last week. Um, so we'll pull up the matchups now. Just kind of give an overview of how everyone did um, for week four. Um, so looking at all of the matchups, um, we'll start in order of what I have in front of me. Uh, I don't think we need to go into too much detail. Um, Josh's team was an absolute machine. Um, no questions asked. There was no chance I was going to win this game. I think, honestly, only you would have beat Josh this week, uh, dropping a 181. Um, his team went off, and my team had a historically low week. So, like I said, I ran into a buzzsaw, but Brady erupted to 24 points, Zeke 35 points, Duke Johnson resurgence with 12, Ebron with 12, Cooper Cup exploded during that. I think it was a Thursday night game for mm-hmm. 33 points, um, as you know, with Goff. So there's really no chance I was winning that game as my team kind of all put up single digits outside of Eli and Ridley with his explosion. So I, I had no chance to win. Hopefully I can rebound this week, but Josh was just a buzzsaw. Yeah, no, I spoke about this before. Josh's team is either boom or bust, and you caught him on a boom week. I um, did. I, I did not pick the right week to play Josh. It's not every day your defense gets you 23 points, but Green, no, Green Bay no, defense not. got Josh 23 points, and he left 28 on his bench with uh, Jared Cook and 24 with Naheem Hines. So he definitely... Yeah, I didn't stand a chance, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, he had a great week. Nothing, not much you can do about that. You had your wide receiver one get hurt, putting up zero. So, um, you know, you hate to see it, but it happens. Yeah, that it does. Uh, so moving down the line, uh, we have 
was closer during the week with the projections, 143 to 136. Ended up being a little bit of a blowout. Um, so you have Greg versus Wire. Ended up being 175 to 149. Um, it was close midway through the day. I know that. Um, but obviously the luck come back to QB1 basically overall outside of Goff. Dropping 42 points. Um, Julio put up huge numbers. Alshon with his first game back put up huge numbers. Gurley was typical Gurley. He even started Rhett Ellison and still won. Obviously only four points, but it didn't really matter with the rest of his lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Wire didn't have a bad week. He would have beat a lot of other teams, dropping a 149. But, I mean, he's still in the hunt, obviously. He, he should be a playoff team. He's putting up enough points each week. So, any, any other thoughts on this one? No, I think he nailed it right on the head. Uh, I think Greg said that he made the decision to put in Luck over, uh, was it Mariota? And that gave him, you know, yeah. an extra seven points. So that was... A nice call there, Gurley. Or even Fitz. I think he almost said he was going to put in Fitz. Oh, you're right. I think it was uh, Fitz Magic. So, yeah, I mean, a good move by him. It probably was the difference in this because Fitz Magic only played one half and got destroyed. So, um, yeah, I mean, just a good matchup. It's unfortunate for Wire to put up almost 150 and lose, but that seems to be the trend this year. Yeah, it really does. So, Wire, just looking at it, he would have beat me. So, that's one, two three, four, five, six. It would have been six other teams. So actually not as many as you think. Our league got so much better. It's so much better. Yeah, it did. The whole the whole middle is just a cluster of, you know, pretty good above average teams. It's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. Uh, so moving down the line, um, another not as close, but decent game. Projections look better than the actual final score with Famulari versus Itzler. Um, ended up being 148 to 126. So Fam putting up a, a good week, 148. Uh, not extremely dominant, but you know his 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 big players played big. I mean AJ Green put up 15, Hopkins put up 28. Rogers had a down week at 19, um, which you expect a lot more versus Buffalo. But I mean he was still able to pull out that win. Marshawn dropped 20, who's been consistently fantastic. Um, even Edo Smith put up 13 points. Um, Josh Gordon. Didn't really do it as much with his first game with the Pats. Um, but, I mean, the rest of his team, including his basically RB1, Darius Leonard, <laughs> they they showed up. Um, but, like I said, Itzler has some promising hope, too. I mean, Sterling Shepard looked good. Ertz continues to get peppered for the Eagles. Um, Wentz put up 25 points. But just wasn't enough to uh, to take down Fam, especially when your, your RB1 puts up three points. So, yeah. I think he's got a, a little cause for concern there. Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, you know, guys like you, that you expect to be better, Tyreek Hill, for example, as Addison stated in the power rankings, has had a, a not his usual couple weeks in a row. So that's always going to kind of hurt. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Drake not living up to the hype from last year and uh, Buck Allen not getting in the end zone. So it's, you know, it's tough to only score around 10 points from both your running backs and win. But, you know, Nick's team... Did enough to, to get the victory, so. Yep, absolutely. I look, shout out for Amari. I mean, uh, I think I was happy that I traded Amari and ended up getting that huge turnaround, but I mean, he's he at least showed up this week. I know it's just first Cleveland, but 22 points is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so moving down the line, uh, Team Triforce Trainer versus Addison. Um, projections, I mean, were actually pretty spot on. Projections were 132 to 145, ended up being 130 to 148. So. Yeah. Well done, well done, Yahoo. Um, Trainer didn't have enough to pull this one out. Um, 
like I said, team didn't play bad, just not enough to beat Ad this week. Even with a down week from Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. I was actually at that game. I'm, I'm surprised Brees only put up 10 points, I guess because Kamara dominated with 41. But still, it's surprising to see Drew Brees only put up 10. Um, but, I mean, it was enough to pull it out. Um, Kamara really led the team along with John Brown, who's been his just one of the best draft picks of all time this year. Um, anything else to add? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think Tiz has definitely gotten very unlucky this year. Um, he's definitely putting up respectable numbers and losing to teams that are just having good weeks. Um, but what can you say about Alvin Kamara? The guy is just a monster and he's going to put up huge points every single week, and that's huge to have on your team. Um, and then John Brown. I'll admit that I was wrong on John Brown. I, I wasn't expecting him to come out of the gate like he has. Um, Flacco and the Ravens are playing pretty well, so you got to give it yeah, up. Yeah, that's, that's why I was completely happy having Flacco on my team. I mean, he's, he's looked great, and John Brown has looked unstoppable. Now, I, did, I, did, I had no idea John Brown was going to be this good. Like, I thought he was going to be an okay receiver. I thought it was going to be him and Crabtree. Like, the Ravens weren't going to be great, but they've looked excellent, and it really sucks. Yeah, obviously, honestly, he's the, the perfect matchup with, with Flacco because Flacco can throw, know, deep, can throw deep, and John Brown, all he can run deep. He's a deep threat. So I think he only had, like, three catches, and two of them were for huge yardage Sunday night, so. But it translates to points. It does. Um, and, I mean, Tiz, Tiz keeps getting shafted with Dalvin, too. But only putting up three points. It's, it's really tough. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so, move, moving down, um, we'll continue on this trend. we got three more matchups to go over. Um, so, this one is Seckler doing a lot better than than we'd expect. Out, outbeating projections by a lot versus yeah. um, Team Dooch. So, Seckler ended up with a 150. Dooch is with another monster week, dropping 170. Seckler would have beat a lot of other teams. He would have beat me. So, I mean, he's he's nothing to sneeze at right now, especially when Mitch Trubisky drops 46. Yeah, that's wild. Outrageous. Tyler Boyd was a very nice pickup for Seckler. Tevin Coleman doing Tevin Coleman things. George Kittle with 22. I'm, I'm really upset I traded George Kittle to Rob because that's, I think, one of my biggest holes is tight end. And dropping 22 points from the tight end spot is just awesome. Mm-hmm. Carry on doing pretty well. Uh, but like I said, wasn't enough to beat Dooch. Dooch is... Just unstoppable, a legitimate title, a title threat. Everyone just went off on his team. Thielen, I hate Thielen. How much do you hate Thielen? <laughs> I, I hate him because when I first drafted Treadwell, he was like the guy in the way. That's why I hate exactly. Thielen. But you got to respect him. No, I hate it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anything else to say about it? Even, even Dude's bench went off with the Chubb enormous 27-point game. Dude's team is just. This might be Dude's year, man. Yeah, and uh, and we talked about this before about how the OBJ trade is really benefiting Dude. OBJ having a down year, and is Melvin Gordon underrated? You think? He oh he absolutely is. He gets n- nowhere near the love he should get. Right. Because of how good of a fantasy player he is. Exactly. He's just an excellent fantasy player, and I, I like I said I, I was down on him other leagues. I I thought I was selling high on him, and clearly I wasn't. He's been absolutely dominating. Yeah, that's even with Austin Eckler putting up numbers, too. Yeah, he, he just looks so good. And it's, uh, I mean, what are you going to do? And I, I hate it because one and two overall are Rodgers and Dooch, and I have both their first this year. So it's not looking good, but you never know, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so last two. Um, won't spend too much time on this one. This was an absolute blowout. Um, Rodgers dismantling Kojak, 171 to 129. 
Rogers team is, is a machine. We know that consistently putting up 170. Uh, anything else you want to add on this one? No, I just want to add in, you know, he did it last year without David Johnson, and he's doing it this year without Le'Veon Bell. So, Absolutely crazy. It sucks That's that they're both in our division, but what can you do? You got to fight I mean, for those last four. At least we're not four. in the other division. That's true. You got to fight for those last four playoff spots because these two are definitely going to lock two of them up. So, 100%. And lastly, Chad, putting up the second highest scoring week in league history. I'll let you take this one away. How did it feel? It felt great. You know, coming off a hot start Thursday with Goff and Cooks, putting up 68, and then the Bears just going off and starting Trey Burton and Tariq Cohen, putting up huge numbers. And then I didn't think I was going to hit 200 because Monday I had Kareem Hunt, Philip Lindsay, and Brandon McManus, but even those three went off. It was just a week where, like, everything was going right. My lowest score was Doug Baldwin with 6.6, um, minus my D players. But it was just a really, really um, good week for me. I, I, obviously, I think this is the ceiling that my team has. I think my team is also boomer bust, kind of like Josh. But they really, really boomed this week. That's for sure. Absolutely. I was just, I was just looking, too. You could have even started Cousins, still scored over, over, over 200. Yeah. That's awesome. And like I said, Ridge, Ridge not even putting up a bad week. 155 is, is a great week and would win most weeks. It just, unfortunately, he ran in, into your buzzsaw and you just dismantled him. Yeah, and I needed it too because I put up sub 100 twice already this year. So this kind of balanced everything out. Yeah, absolutely, man. You're still you're still in it. Like I said, if your team keeps playing like this, you're uh, you could be one of those last spots. Yeah, and then just to segue perfectly into this week, Big big divisional matchup between me and Josh this week. Um, yeah, um, so let's let's do that. Let's let's talk about next week. Perfect segue. Well done. I love the transition. Thank it's you. Like, you know, it's like you've done this thirty eight other times. You know what I have? <laughs> this is episode thirty nine, and I'm I'm jacked up for forty because you know like EFV podcast forty. I don't know. I got to do something cool. Maybe just bet everyone. I don't know. Trade live trade. Got to do something cool. Edward forty hands the whole time. Probably. I think that's probably the move. Let's do that. <laughs> All right. We have to pod while doing Edward Forty. <laughs> <laughs> Just piss ourselves live on air. That's it. And if we don't finish the forties by the end of the episode, something happens. I don't know what, but we'll think about it. Okay. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's run through our picks for the week. Um, we'll let Addison obviously make him his at another time. Um, so let's do Chad versus Josh. So projections right now, as it stands, I don't know if this is our final lineups, but I just took this straight from Yahoo as it stands right now. Chad, 124 uh, versus Josh, 129. Who are you taking? I mean, I'm obviously going to take myself, and this is going to change because one of my IDPs is inexplicably projected zero, and Yahoo <laughs> Yahoo is looking into it per source. So <laughs> I love that. He's, so then, like I said, you should be probably projected either spot on or a little bit higher. Yeah, no, he's he's. I think he's probably going to be projected around seven or eight points. He's put up pretty good numbers the last three weeks, and he's playing on Thursday is the main reason I wanted to get him because... We both have skin in the game Thursday, so tomorrow is is a very important day for for our matchup. But yeah, a big division uh, game here between the both of us. Yep, yeah. another huge division game, um, possibly the battle for last place, because this is going to be, I think, either of their first wins. Uh, Sekler versus Kojak, one twenty one eleven versus one oh eight sixty one. I really want to give Kojak the benefit of the doubt and think somebody's on by. He just didn't update it yet. Uh, Will Disley um, is dead, and he's in his lineup, so. There you go. Um, so that's 108.61. So obviously that improves a little bit. I'm still taking Rob here. 
Yeah, I think Rob gets a win here. He, he's put up too good of numbers to not to keep getting unlucky. I think this is his first win this week. I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, Wire versus Ridge. Um, just going to assume Ridge still has Fournette in there and has no points. 142.05 for Wire, 122.72 for Ridge. Who you got? Um, oh, this is a tough call. He actually doesn't have Fournette in there. Um, I'm going to take Wire here. And we continue our trend of doing the exact same thing. I'm also going Wire. I think his his team is, is very good this year. I think Wire makes playoffs. Yeah, I think OBJ breaks out a little bit this this week. I, think I mean, he, I, would, I, think, I would love to see it. I was really hoping to see it live versus the Saints. I mean, you're not going to get a better opportunity, and he was just worse. Yeah, I think he gets in the end zone this week, so I'm going to take Wire. All right. Isla versus Rodgers. Um, I would love to pick the upset. I'm going Rodgers. Mm, yeah, I got to go Rodgers. Sorry, Itzler. No, I mean, it's it's going to happen. Um, what are you going to do? Big matchup, big implications. Fam versus Addison uh, projected 147.02 for Fam to 136.22 for Ad. Who you got? Mm, I want you to go first. I'm going to go Fam here. Okay. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take my boy, DJ Buns. DJ Buns size. I'm going to go Fam. Our first difference. I've noted it. We'll see if it has implications. I actually don't have a record. I think Ad has that, so we'll have to update that after the next one. Well, we haven't done it for the last two weeks, so and I don't even know which matchups we're actually picking this week. So, are you keeping track of let's them? Let's just do. We'll just do them all to make up for the the lack of picks. Okay. Um. Last two. Tiz versus Greg, one thirty two ninety one to one fifty three thirteen. I think Dalvin Cook's ruled out. Do you go Tiz? Do you go Greg? What are your thoughts? I gotta go Greg here. Yeah, I think Breed erupts. I think that I think my trade ends up putting Greg over the top. I think Tiz does better than we think, but I think for whatever reason, Breed is just gonna erupt because Greg is Satan. Yeah, I mean Greg's got a real deep tight end flyer in in Hewerman? Jeff Hewerman? Jeff Hierman, absolutely. Ohio State for the Broncos. So we'll see He's how that very, very much a blocking tight end. We'll see how that works out, but yeah, I gotta take Greg. <laughs> I mean he's he's gonna be the go to option because but is done pretty much done in the NFL, and I, I honestly could not tell you their backup. I don't think it's Virgil Green anymore, but it might be Virgil Green. Isn't it like AJ Derby? They still have him. No, he's uh, he was on the Dolphins, and then now is on IR. He got injured. Oh, yeah, he's been bouncing around. He went for the Pats, the Broncos, to the the Dolphins. He may have been other stops too, but he has not had much lasting power. And then lastly, um, another divisional matchup. Just for shits and giggles, I'm going to go myself because why not? Uh, me versus Dooch, 130-32 to 151-40. Um, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go with you too. Let's go. It's not going to count as our picks, so why you not? You scared, Dooch? We'll see if he responds. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so those are our, our picks for the week. Um, very excited for the matchups. Obviously, we got a cool game on Thursday. Um huge implications for Gronk whether he plays or not um but yeah I'm excited like I said this this year is cruising along mm-hmm. and I wish it would slow down but at the same time it can't come fast enough this this year has been really crazy with with people that have been that have broken out people that have been hurt people that have regressed a lot of people that you wouldn't expect in all of those categories yeah absolutely it's been uh it's been a it's been a wild year but I mean that's what makes fantasy fun yeah it's been you know 
it's it's been a little tough this year to keep up with, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, got to do, got to do. Especially we added the the bench spot too, so the the waiver wire is less deep. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 probably our most challenging year thus far. Yeah, especially no. like I said, competition, lower waiver wire. It's it's this is probably the most intense year that we've had for sure. And I'm definitely along for the ride. I, I just I I love fantasy football. It's like my favorite hobby. Hell yeah! Remember when you first started and you like weren't as into it? Like this is all they do. Blah, blah, I know. Blah. Now you're you're fully you're fully involved now. I love it. I was casual before. Now like I'm I'm full send. That's that's what this league has done. Like Ridge used to be casual. Like even the most casual Kojak is still relatively into it. Yeah. Which so, I love everything about him. You love to see the it. The league does. You love to see. But yeah, that's that's gonna do it. Unless you have any any last minute updates, thoughts that you want to give to the world now, maybe a bold prediction, any statement you want to close on. Um, not really. Not off the top of my head. I, I think I'm gonna say my boy uh, Taewon goes for 120 and a touchdown next week. This week. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go. Dallas Goddard outproduces Ertz by like 15. I think this is Goddard's week. I love it. I like it. Let's do it. All right. So that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Elite Dynasty Podcast, episode 39. Hopefully we're back next week with episode 40. Uh, Chad, you want to give them with the uh, social media? Yeah, it's at Mad Chatter with two A's on Twitter. And uh, at EFV40, more importantly, um, extremely active on Twitter, huge Twitter presence. Uh, send, me some, send me some tweets, man. When was the last time you were on Twitter? I don't remember. Yeah, because you haven't gone on a liking spree lately. Yeah, I usually go on the liking sprees about once every couple of weeks. Yeah. I haven't done it, so it had to be like two or three months ago. Wow. You should get back on your horse. I might be my, on my commute home. Maybe I'll, I'll check in the subway at like West 4th. I usually get signal again. Maybe I'll go on Twitter then. Okay. All right. All right. You're busy, man. Well, sweet I get stuff. It. So, like I said, this is going to do it for the Elite Dynasty Podcast. Uh, your host, Eric Rondon. Have a good night. See you later.